Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on-demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses, and if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. Hello. Hello. Hello, testing. Testing. Testing, testing, hello. Microphone, microphone. one, one, two. I can't see the microphone. Hello. Hello. Is this the microphone? Yeah, I think you got it. Testing. Okay, so welcome to the Story Paths podcast. Today I'm here with my friend Blair Francis. And uh, we're going to talk about metaphor. We're going to talk about what metaphor is and how metaphor bridges different worlds together. So Blair, what would you say metaphor is? Oh man, you're throwing like the big ones over that's right, right, right off. That's right. That's right. right I hope you are awake because <laughs> here it comes. What is metaphor? Oh man. I feel like it's a pop quiz and I I've been out Not la- the late definition. Last night. What does metaphor mean to you? Hmm. What does metaphor mean to me? Well How does it help you? I think it helps me understand the world outside of my normal logic. It gives me a reference point to to understand it a little bit differently. Think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped me with this. Like, well, you what ask, about you? You ask me the question. I'll, I'll see what I can do. That's <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, one thing I could say that metaphor does is it helps me to understand parallels between aspects of reality that we normally consider separate. So, like I shared this metaphor with you the other day, between painting and music. Right. So, or, you know, call it an allegory or whatever you like. But with with painting, if you have a landscape, beautiful landscape, amazing landscape, and there's no one in it, there's no animal, there's no moving being, no human being that you can really relate to in that landscape. Yeah. That's one experience. And then same landscape, a picture of the same landscape, you have a person in it, immediately you're wondering who that person is, you're thinking about their experience, you're, you're in the landscape right? in a different way. And so then with music, if you have music without any voice, then that's kind of like a landscape without a person in it. And then if you put a voice in there, a singer, words that you can understand, suddenly it may be relatable in a different way. Mm -hmm. Which isn't to say, you know, landscape without people is bad, music without voice is bad, or anything like that. But it's just, it's a correspondence between these two mediums the visual medium and the oral medium, 
that we don't normally think of as being so connected. So what I like about metaphor is that it helps to see how different parts of reality are patterned in similar ways. Nice. I should have asked you first. <laughs> But I know, that you, I, know, I know that you think this way as well, in the sense that you, know, you shared some different, uh, different metaphors with me. Oh, I love metaphors. I use them all the time. things like that, you know? Especially in teaching, right? So give me an example. An example yeah. of a metaphor? That you, one of the ones you like. Um, well, like when I, when I teach music and music theory, often I'll use something like a sport team. Uh-huh. For the... For, okay, so the difference between... So you know, when there was that lighting one, we'll get to that. Okay, we might get that one too. But so in music theory, you know, if you look at the scale, mm. right, there's seven notes in, in the general western scale mm -hmm. that the first note is known as the root mm -hmm. right and that root is kind of like the captain of the team uh-huh uh-huh it's, it's an important piece uh -huh. but wait a minute when i was in high school the music kids and the sports kids were really separate so i, I don't know i don't understand how you figure it. <laughs> right sorry go on <laughs> yeah well so and then you've got it's the team member or the captain's best friends which is the four and the five of that scale mm -hmm. the, the fourth position and the fifth position mm. they hold you know if you get into the deepness of it it holds a certain resonance a certain frequency uh, relationship that makes it uh, work really well you know the science science behind it and such yeah yeah the math but really you know if you think of it as if you're playing if you've got a group of seven people and they're playing pickup basketball mm -hmm. you know after school that the one the four and the five are going to team up against uh -huh. you know the two the three the six and the seven uh-huh They form a natural group yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so therefore, I use this. I'm like, okay, so remember how important those ones are, that they're a team. Mm. And then that allows me to go on with the teaching mm. of uh, the difference between major and minor in that scale. Mm. And if you want to learn more, you can <laughs> reach out to me. And we yeah, can... do. I, I yeah. mean, I've learned a bit of music theory from you, and I have to say you're a very good teacher. Um, because I think I use metaphors and understand how to use them. Be to me, it's a it's a gateway into a person's uh, psyche or the person's inner world mm -hmm. that I don't have to recreate. It's like I'm not I'm not looking to recreate the wheel. I'm going to use the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, so someone already understands basketball. You know, like for you, I would probably find. Uh, metaphors in story because it's something that you're really you're really into. You might understand yeah. it more than yeah. basketball. I don't really know the rules of basketball, honestly. It's But you understand team and mentality. Yeah, right. That's that's I think uh, a given with the amount of sports we've all had to grow up. with. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You can presume that familiarity. I remember yeah. you you told me that example also of the uh, the the lighting. So we were working on a song together, and it was a song that I'd come up with. And there's a certain melody that had come to me. And then you were working on chords to accompany that. Oh, yeah. And you're saying that, well, I'll let you say it, with the, with the lighting? Well, continue. Because okay, okay. I come up with metaphors oh, like, this in is the really moment. Good one. Yeah, this yeah. is a really good one. So uh, you're saying that, you know, this melody is like the actor on stage. And that actor could be illuminated in different ways. 
And some of the ways that they might be illuminated would be discordant. You know, if it's a dramatic scene and you have, you know, if it's, if it's a heartfelt moment that they're revealing something about themselves and you have like staccato strobe lighting or something, mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't work. It's inappropriate. Just like, you know, for the melody, certain chords and instruments and degrees of intensity would be just wouldn't fit, right? But then within the realm of what does fit, there's different possibilities. Mm -hmm. And using that melody and the notes that are in that melody, you're saying you can highlight that melody in different ways using accompanying right. chords, this just like different of colors. Music of harmony lighting. is what we're talking about yeah, here. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So again, a person will understand a concept in a certain way, I, like the universe only has so many models that it draws from to, to build our, our experience. Mm. You know, that's why I like the idea that the, if you look at the map of the known universe uh, and you look at a map of our brain and then you look at a map of the internet mm. and you didn't label it but it was all just like a graphic representation mm. essentially of, of nodal nodal right. spaces with connection points. Yeah, mycelium as well. Mycelium yeah. is a good one, exactly. Uh -huh. That it's just the exact same thing used over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's, it's true because metaphor really does highlight this. Like, why can we use metaphors in this way? Uh -huh. Like, why is that even possible? Uh, yeah, it's like most um, animals... Even, you know, birds and lizards and certainly mammals and ourselves, who are mammals, um, as you may may not have known. <laughs> we'll <laughs> dear, get into dear that. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the, the skeletal structure and everything is pretty similar. You know, the organs. Mm. I mean, even in a bird, so small, still got, you know, heart and they've mm. got you know, spinal cord and ribs and all the rest of it, you know, skull. So it's kind of similar. And also, I say about metaphor, um, there's this, uh, you know, mythopoetry, like uh, Bill Plotkin talks about this and others talk about this. And like, for example, there is the cocoon. And the cocoon, of course, is a really rich metaphor, you know. I mean, physically, the caterpillar goes in there, basically melts down, uh, and then comes out of there as a butterfly, you know, those that survive. Mm -hmm. So that's just a physical process. But in our lives, we may really find also that, uh, you know, we have this time of full-on meltdown internally, even while our body health and everything continues to be okay. So it's like this physical symbol can signify a tremendous amount on a mythopoetic level or an emotional mm -hmm. level, spiritual level, however you want to say it. Yeah. You know, and trees are really rich metaphors. Oceans are rich metaphors. I mean, in a sense, you can kind of th consider everything in the world. Well, how does that equivalent exist in my psyche? Right. Uh, how is that for me and in our collective? It's like in yoga, there's tree pose. So when you stand strong with one mm -hmm. leg, you want to feel the energy of a tree. Mm -hmm. And we all can get that. I can. I don't know if they can pick that up. That's my dog in the background. Yeah, he grunts, hasn't been outside all day. Of, Satisfaction and concern. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where were we? I got distracted by Taco. Yeah, that's the name of the dog. Yeah, but isn't it interesting how the the structure of reality is such that there's there's repetitions uh, and diversity, 
And again, metaphorically, mm-hmm. we can say like with music or artwork or storytelling or any number of things, you are really looking for that balance of repetition diversity, of familiarity and unfamiliarity. And I don't know what it would be, 80-20 or something, probably more like 95-5 with what's familiar and what's unfamiliar. Hmm. Um, you know, most songs are very similar to each other. Most artwork, most stories, they, they have real patterns to them, you know? And yet we want something a little bit different as well. So, yeah, that's another kind of similarity across many different mediums. But I do find it very fascinating how how different mediums connect with each other and have similar patterns for the different senses, you know, the eye world, the nose world, the ear world, the taste world. Yeah, cause, and, you know, one could say because it's, it's all vibration. Mm. So it all does come back to a singularity of understanding. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I love about the study of art. You know, music has been my main study. Mm. But as I understand music and composition, it starts to apply to the understanding of the visual arts mm-hmm. and applying that to video even. Mm-hmm. Uh, just understanding composition, again, character, you know, whether we call it melody, harmony, set and setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. all these sort of nuances and, and aspects of each one that if you just get a sense of it, and then open ourselves to the bigger picture, then then we're like, oh. So we, I, I feel in that way, that's the beauty of, of the artist, or at least the ones in our world right now that are taking the time to study many, uh, you know, many models or, or, or many disciplines, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool in our time that we get that so easily. You know, and even looking at like different martial arts and healing modalities you know, today's time, especially if you live in the cities, you can be doing, uh, it can, you know, you could go for an acupuncture in the morning, then go to yoga, you know, uh, go afterwards and have Mexican for lunch. Then, you know, like we're getting, we're getting so many uh, different cultures combining and mm-hmm. in one day can experience, you know, a dozen different cultures and the different and and learn from all of them, mm-hmm. which is really special. It is special. And on one hand, we might say, well, we're living in a time where it's more difficult to go deeply into one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it is more difficult. Like in terms of music, for example, in classical Indian music, you know, you're born in a family or you come early, you know, five years old, come and start training with tabla and then do that intensively for, you know, perhaps a couple of decades. And then it's like, okay, you're... You're ready. They've gone so deeply into that one practice. Or with spirituality, uh, you know, to remain in a monastery, a Buddhist monastery or a Hindu monastery, and uh, continue with that for for, for many, many years. On the other hand, this, uh, you know, wide, wide and deep, like the comparison between wide and deep, is we live in a time where it's more possible to find the correlation between very uh, very diverse paths and find the patterns that are going across, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, different kinds of cooking, <laughs> you know, different kinds of uh, mediums. So we're, we have that possibility of exposure to more, which makes it harder to really choose one and exclusively and go deeply into it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we may be more able to see patterns that run through 
all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting in that way. Right. I wonder where that's leading. Yeah, I don't know. I've also wondered that, you know. Because it's like, you know, you look at these cultures who've been sitting in uh, you know, their own little space and time, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the world. And, you know, India, for example, just with classical Indian music and their study and understanding of music mm-hmm. to allow for some, such a perfection of the expression, mm-hmm. which if anyone's ever been able to experience a classical Indian concert live, it's tra- it transports the soul. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, that's, that's where they've been studying music to that degree where I think now, because this is something I still study myself, is, or, or at least expose myself to it and i guess the challenge is do i just study just the one aspect you know or of music which i call classical indian music i'm Mm -hmm. exposed to it and it definitely influences my music but so does spanish guitar Mm -hmm. you know which is very different Mm -hmm. but it's the exact same Mm -hmm. you know and that's where looking at those similarities essentially just allows us to to expose the truth that lies with deep within it and and then from there be able to move forward yeah i guess yeah it kind of strikes me also that music arts thought science everything we do emerges from place and emerges mm-hmm. from time mm-hmm. uh and you know we don't live in a previous age we live in this age and so we can't really pretend that we live in a different age. And we, of course, we could pretend. We can do all kinds of things. But we don't live in another age. We live in this age. And we live in an age where, yeah, we have exposure to a tremendous amount of you know, diversity of thought. Um, I mean, I speak for myself. I did go deeply into one practice for many, many years and then being exposed to other ways of thinking more, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that, that's, that's so valuable that I need to have that in my life, you know? And I wasn't finding that in this one path, although there's other things that are very valuable in that path. So I'm grateful, you know, for that exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the time we live in, so it's it would be quite something to be, okay, I'm going to ignore all other kinds of music and just study one kind or all of the times of, kinds of spiritual teachings and just study this one kind. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, people do it. But at this point, I, I'm not drawn to do that. Um, although nor do I want to be a cherry picker and sort of just pick the easy parts from all of them or the things that you know, I already kind of agree with and don't find challenging, uh, you know, that just allow me to basically not change. It makes me think of a bit of the conversation we were having with Elisa, who's my partner, about the importance or at the stage where there's there's experts who Mm -hmm. go really deep into one field. But because of the depth of that, from that vantage point, they might not be able to see the connections of the 
of, of how it connects to other parts of the world. That's it, which is its own way of thinking. It's its own important way of thinking. Yeah. Just to see the connections between things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it is possible to go so deeply into something that you get blind to how it relates with everything else. Right. And, yeah, and science, that's, it's like almost cartoony. You know, somebody will, will specialize in, you know, this very, very specific microbe within this category, within this category, within this category, and down and down, and not know how... That connects with politics or, or, you know, finances or how it connects with people in other mm. countries or history or colonialism or, you know, it does exist within context. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the pretense that it doesn't, that it's just, I can just study this one thing. Yeah. But, you know. Which gives a role for those who feel inspired to, as you said, cherry pick the best parts of each piece. Mm-hmm. Because that role is to is to find the relationships and say, hey, look at this relationship. Mm-hmm. Did you not see that? Mm-hmm. That's right? it, yeah. And just as we're, we're kind of <laughs> kind of riffing here, moving from one thing to another, which I'm really appreciating, um, I've been listening to some podcasts uh, where non-binary people are speaking about the role of non-binary people. So on For the Wild, for example, that podcast, there was a couple of people who are very involved in permaculture. I think in Australia, I don't recall their names right now, but anybody who wants, I think they could find that easily. Um, and on Ian McKenzie's podcast, uh, The Mythic Masculine, he's also interviewing uh, Zinevere Dao, I think, if the name is right. Um, and yeah, they're talking about the role of people who are in between roles. You know, if we have the masculine mm. role, whatever that may be, it's a lot of different things. The feminine role, also a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. if we say in traditional societies or kind of more fixed societies, um, it tends to be somewhat more defined what a man's role is, what a woman's role is. Right, black and white. It can be, yeah. Uh, and there can be, there. there's a place for roles, you know, and it may connect with your biology. Your role may connect with your biology and your nature, and then it makes sense for you to have that role. Uh, but then there's this role for people who are in between roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person on the For the Wild podcast, they're making the point that the times we live in are very interstitial times. They're like times in between. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen? Will we live or die as a species? We don't know. You know, will <laughs> will the forests remain growing or they all be cut down? Or, you know, what's going to happen? We don't know. It's a very uncertain time. And for a lot of people, uh, including myself and probably everybody, it's disturbing times to some extent. But for those who are used to living in between roles and in between certainties, they're more adept at that than most others. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, this is a time for people who are in between times, who are in between roles Right. We're in such a transitionary period. Such a transitionary period. You might even call it trans. Yeah, yeah, it's a trans period. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and, and it really struck me. as oh, yeah, that, that really makes sense. I mm-hmm. mean, those are people who are seeing the connections between things in a way mm-hmm. that many people don't, you know, because of their positioning, our positioning. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The people in between being able to 
midwife our position in some ways. Yeah. And, it, you know... Possibly. And talking about metaphors, look to ecology as a whole is a rich system of metaphors. Like if a, if a metaphor is a comparison and an allegory is many metaphors, then ecology is the realm of metaphors. Because, mm-hmm. you know, how many rich metaphors are there with a tree, for example? A tree right. is rooted, a tree reaches to the sun, a tree is tolerant, a tree gives fruits even if you abuse the tree. What is a tree during a cloudy day like today? Huh? What is a tree during a cloudy day? Because a cloudy day itself is a metaphor. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I mean. It's the ecology. That's it. And yeah, you start connecting them. And what's the tree's role or a particular tree, uh, you know, might be a thorny tree. So then, you know, how does that metaphorically mm. relate with, you know, maybe a thorny person, right? So I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah, I like that tree. <laughs> right. And how does that relate with the soil? And how does that relate with the, with the stormy day? And how does that? Oh, to be a squirrel on a branch of a thorny tree. Yeah. So this is the winds of, of a stormy, <laughs> a stormy cloudy day. That's it. And so and it, it gives that freedom that everybody doesn't have to be the same, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, I may feel like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an oak tree and I've got my role mm-hmm. and I can be good in a solitary way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I may feel like that. And then someone else is like, well, I'm a, ge- I'm a goose. Like I'm flying from place to place. I'm migrating. Right. So rather than say, well, you should be more rooted in, in your role and in your identity. You need and to all be of more this, like a tree. You need to be more like a tree. Instead of that, I can just appreciate that there's this big ecosystem. I don't need yeah. to become like a goose. They don't need to become like a tree. It's an ecosystem, you know? Right. Of, yeah. Uh, a metaphorical ecosystem. Yeah. So good. It's like, how do we, how do we compare bamboo to an oak tree? Which one's better? Yeah, which one's better? Which one should remain in the world and which one should go out? The ecosystem metaphor system uh, does away with that kind of question. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Well, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when you invited me to do the podcast, we were talking about time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you throw this metaphor thing right out of left field. So we've just been riffing off that. Well, t- say what are you saying? What were we saying about time? What were we saying about time? Well, I woke up yesterday morning, which is a pretty specific moment in time, and I thought, what if we didn't have clocks? Right. And what if we didn't have calendars? You know, or days of the week? What would my experience of time be like? And I thought, well, I would just be always in the present moment. I would always be now, and that would always be changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I'd observe patterns. And time would still be present in my awareness, um, but in a very different way, not in a divided up yeah. kind of way. And then you're saying like with music, uh, of course, we do have time because the sun is setting time by rising and setting every day. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, you know, the earth is setting time by rotating around the sun. Um, but to our experience, the sun rises and sets every day and the moon also is setting time. So well before clocks, we had indications of time but these are large indications of time right like, then we also have the morning like divisions of yeah time. we have morning, divisions. let's meet at high noon okay yeah right it's, high noon's you could kind of yeah high noon's pretty specific right what there's a few hours of like if we'll meet at high noon i'm gonna at the at the uh okay, the corral, local, you know, right at the yeah. local watering spot uh-huh. <laughs> I might be sitting there for a couple hours. Right. Cleaning your gun, you know. 
<laughs> Showdown. Guess, yeah, right. Wasn't that what you do at high noon? Anyway. Yeah, but, high noon, right? Yeah, there's. it's not like a, a minute. It's not like 12.00. Which is helpful when we say let's let's meet at 1 p.m. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it gets it gets useful when we're trying to coordinate specific times between each other. Yeah. Uh, but then if we live our whole lives according to these very specific times, it can really keep us from entering into a kind of not out of time zone. And the importance of the bigger, the, the bigger or the more, I guess, uh, unrefined or holistic divisions. Uh, you know, again, coming back to music, because mm-hmm. that's my, that's the, like how yeah. I'm really programmed to yeah, understand, that's right? That's yeah. my entry point to a lot of this, is in rhythm, uh, you know, if you think of a bar of music, mm-hmm. well, that's maybe what the day is. Right. Then we can divide that into notes. Mm-hmm. You know, most music and, you know, the majority of music in pop, Western music, whatever, is like 4-4 four, four time. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, common time is what's called. There's, you know, four beats to a bar. Mm-hmm. Great. So now we have the four, you know, the f- it's like in a day, you got morning, you know, afternoon, evening, and night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay, right. so it's four resolutions. But to a good percussionist, you, 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 know, you want more of a resolution to do more mm-hmm. in that bar than just four beats. Or, you know, da-da-da-da. Da, da, there's a rest at, you know, uh-huh. there's a rest at noon, uh-huh. for example. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, therefore, we can divide each of those beats into uh-huh. another four if we wanted to. Uh-huh. Now, the resolution is 16 mm-hmm. or even 32. Mm-hmm. To some point, it gets a little ridiculous for mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you think of the, the hi-hat in um, trap music, Hmm. It's called. Uh, let me see. It's it's. What was that called? Cascara uh, uh, hi hat, I think, because it's like that. That uh, the Cascara beetle, I think, is it a beetle oh, okay, or okay. right? It makes that. Brrr oh, is that right? Sound. Huh? Huh. So you can hear it. It's like. Right. Those uh-huh. might be like a thirty-second note or something kind of crazy, and it becomes quite popular in in pop music these days. Uh-huh. Um. But it allows for at that resolution more information mm-hmm. to be distributed and f- and to be uh, shared, mm-hmm. especially if we're communicating together using that same grid or resolution. Yeah, yeah, it's an agreed upon. It's interesting to use the word resolution as well because that's for screens, you know, right. the pixels, and that's yeah. you know, the degree of clarity again. You know, throwing a metaphor in there, right? And then exactly. it makes me think about space as well. Like designing a courtyard, for example, um, you know, if the whole pacing across the courtyard is one, then what's in the middle? And then what's, you know, how far are things apart? And it's a similar kind of thinking in a way as, mm. as with music. You're spacing, you're, you're making space. And again, mm. you know, not to get too hyper-specific because you only need to get so specific for humans, you know? Because, like, yeah, we're not, machines that we can hear one you know 365th note or something like that yeah it's, that's what i wonder because at some point when you look at photography mm-hmm. and it's like oh this this camera is 23 megapixels yeah sweet okay well this one's 158 yeah i don't even know that exists. 5k and it's even like our, our tvs are now at like 8k resolution mm-hmm. where like well i'm still using 
you know, 1080 HD for a lot of, and I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 4K, I can see. And at some point, it starts to almost look unreal. Mm-hmm. And then 8K, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, there's it, something that starts to happen. To that- what level do, does this go beyond our own human resolution of, yeah. of, but this is where going back to time, I think that's interesting in the, uh-huh. in the benefit of that, where we get to agree, you know, because we have a 24 hour uh, distribution of, of hours right. in a day. Just, we could have done another distribution, you know, but. Right. And then divide it to 60 minutes. Yeah. And again, another 60 seconds. Yeah. It, we can get quite specific when we wanted to meet to do this podcast, for example. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which oh, I, it's high noon, you know. It's kind of... Yeah. Right. <laughs> but for, I, I, I have so Cloudy much day. heart and compassion for people who are still living by the minute. That's uh-huh. got to be just a, like a tiring lifestyle. I spent some time in London, yeah. and I would wander and go through sometimes in the uh, financial district of London, and call it a hallucination, call it a vision, but I really almost visually saw clocks on people's heads, like riding them and sending down electricity bolts saying, you're late, your meeting's coming up, you can't spend a second more here, because mm-hmm. the, there's like... The financial district is incredibly ruled by very specific divisions of time. And the fear is that if I don't adhere to these very specific divisions of time, then I'm going to lose money. I'm going to lose points of mm-hmm. income. Right. The value. Some yeah, sort of value. Some sort of it. value. Which and it makes me think in I contrast require. to, you know, in some ways you could call it a teaching uh, from Chief Daryl Bob, who I was, I was super grateful to be able to spend time and, and learn from him, you know, a chief up in the uh, Statenham Nation up here in British Columbia. Hmm. And, you know, sitting down with him, uh, there'd be times when, like, when, when does this finish? It's like, when this is done. Right. Like, that's how long this is. Yeah. It, it's as long as it needs to be. Right. And this is where I find a little bit of a disconnect sometimes with... Uh, my world of being in time mm-hmm. and being maybe of time. I don't know like how you'd say mm-hmm. that, but, but you know, where I'm in time following the clock, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like maybe, you know, it's, it's three ten right now, just as at this exact moment, as I speak these words, mm-hmm. it's three ten, And had I had another appointment at three o'clock, mm-hmm. I'd be going overtime. Mm-hmm. Right. And in some ways, it's a even dis- if we weren't finished, even if we weren't finished. Uh-huh. So now I wonder to myself, who am I disrespecting? Mm-hmm. Is there disrespect in this moment? Because I'm not finished with you mm-hmm. and where this is going. Yet at three o'clock, I'm, I'm making a person wait now 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what the fuck? Where's Blair? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't feel finished. And sometimes I have these conversations. And if, if I was to, let's say I was in a, uh, uh, a really important conversation with my partner. Mm-hmm. The emotions were alive. It's open. It's real. Mm-hmm. And if I'd be like, oh, sorry, I got to go. It's three o'clock. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, isn't, you know, like, like so, this is open now. This is open. This is now. Yeah. And the moment is now. Yeah. So this is where I have a, a challenging time sometimes. 
it's a challenging time. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, even... it's negotiating between two worlds. It's almost two different parts of oneself, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of one part that's like it's... the time parent who's like, okay, you know, this is the container that you can have for this whole thing. And then if you need to go beyond that container, then you've got to call that other person and let them know or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I heard an interesting mm-hmm. perspective. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been... No, it's not coming to my mind. So there's the difference between the two crystalline structures that can support life in our world. Mm. One is water mm. and the other is silicone. And, you know, so we have essentially quartz, which is in our clocks. Mm -hmm. And then we have water, which is is more fluid, which is in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so we are a water crystalline Mm -hmm. life force Mm -hmm. where something like a computer is a uh, a quartz-based crystalline structure of life Mm -hmm. force. Two very different different systems of life. Mm -hmm. And clocks are governed by the quartz crystal mm-hmm. right it's it's essentially at the basis of of time mm-hmm. which i find very curious mm. the relationship and how mm. if we tap into that more emotional humane space within us as like the human time is a challenging piece mm-hmm. and i see that a lot with my friends who are more in the arts, mm-hmm. uh, you know. They might even be called hippie, yeah. some level, you well, know, and not as shocking. a der- and right and and that's why I, I'm challenged with that word because it can be used as a derogatory term mm-hmm. a lot of the time because mm-hmm. of these concepts that we're talking about. Like, yeah, you know, those we probably all have friends like that that show up always half an hour late or uh-huh. something, or you know, whether they show up at all, maybe they're like, I just wasn't feeling like it. Right. Right. And I have a lot of respect for that because I feel I have a foot in both worlds. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's interesting with the, the the two different, like with the silicon and the water, uh, because I heard it said recently that if we are continuously associating with technology, which is so much based on you know silicon and on this very micro divisions of time and grids and boxes and all of this will tend to think more like that our our brains will change but our biologies don't really change so what we often find is that we're we're trying to keep up with something that's faster than we are hmm. you know just like if you're in a space that doesn't feel like it was built for for you, for your scale, like some of these skyscrapers and things, or you know, you wander around a city and you're in these places that are built for cars, and just crossing the road feels like a deadly uh, thing to do, like a, a very mm. risky thing to do. Whereas if you're in like a village square in Europe somewhere, a city square, the whole mm. thing was built for humans. Right. And so it feels comfortable. And if you look across the square, it's not so far that you can't see your friend if they're arriving on the other side of the square or the circle, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a fountain in the middle. And, you know, it's like everything's kind of scaled for humans. And a lot of the technology and buildings that we're working with and that we create are not really made for us. They're kind of made for machines that we use. 
Interesting. <laughs> right. And we're, so we're, we're out of our own, our own habitat. Even look at the roles that humans play in our society, in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Like a, is a cubicle a natural not at all. phenomenon? Not at all. Not remotely. It doesn't feel like it when I was in it. No. And I, and I told myself I will never do this again. It's from the circle, from the village circle to the cubicle. Right. It's, that's a long way to go. And that's, a, yeah. that's a not really natural human way to live, I dare say. Right. Which brings us to a whole nother realm of <laughs> trans huh. humanist, you uh, know, and these concepts. Well, then people wanting to like, you know, fuse with some way, even biologically, you know, always having the phone on, always yeah. having, you know, the glasses on. Right. Um, but then, okay, well, this you know, maybe an implant or. Yeah. Always having the go? earbuds in. Always having music. the earbuds in. It's like, yeah, yeah, kind of biologically linking with that other other pace and that other way of thinking mm-hmm. and yeah it's really true if you unplug from that and you go to a forest or you go you know swim in the ocean you come back in touch with the pace uh that our biology our souls dare i say are made for yeah you know? and that's why i really appreciate the time we're in right now mm. because i can see people Going, what the fuck? Yeah, it's this isn't too working. Far. It's too far. Yeah, especially with all the stress of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And so we just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of us that are just like, this isn't working. Well, like the inf- amount of information coming in. I, yeah. I know for me, I just too thought, much. There's just this is just more information than is healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So I step back. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I know there's a lot of problems in the world. And I'd really like to be able to help with all of them. But what's happening is my capacity to do anything is being reduced by the sheer amount of negative information coming in. Mm-hmm. So I've just got to step back. Even if it was wasn't positive information. Yeah, I just wasn't it's made just too for this much information. much information. I just was not made for this. Like, I don't Couldn't you be more like a computer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, like, I, seriously, I, you need like an upgrade of RAM, RAM and, and some more yeah, <laughs> some more but, memory. But then if the information coming in is so much greater than my capacity to act yeah. in relation to it, then that is too big a disconnect. It makes know? me makes me question like is is what are we designed for? Mm. You know? And then and yeah. again this, this whole concept between, you know, like crystal versus water and like Mm -hmm. if you look at the nature of quartz it's designed to store infinite amount of information Mm. and and in some ways that's like silicon valley is all about Mm -hmm. just let's get as much information just more more information just more about everything and everybody they're the crystal people the crystal people cool (laughs) that sounds kind of neat it's kind of and and crystal lives forever Uh uh-huh right the structure Uh of crystal just survives you know time right Water is fluid, and and to me, it's more about the emotional realms and the mm. emotional intelligence mm. that lives within each one of us. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate about my peer group and my friends and my community mm. is the amount of time that it, that we take to explore the emotional realms. That sort of energy that is, you know, energy in motion. 
Mm. and the potency of the emotional landscape within us mm-hmm. that to me that's what makes us human mm-hmm. um and i just surely hope and I, I pray that we are continued the space on this planet yeah to be human yeah the water people you know we need to <laughs> rooting for too. the water people yeah the water people <laughs> right yeah in a big way not anti-crystal people but gotta love the crystal gotta people. Gotta love the crystal people. <laughs> they helped us. You're listening to this now, partly thanks to the work of the crystal people. Right. And <laughs> I know I'm sure the crystal people, I'm sure, are tuning in at this exact moment before we even post this. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's a way that that information is being amounted. They're very clever. Yeah, they're very clever. Uh, but, you know, don't forget <laughs> the water people. That's that's where it started for, for our race of beings you know yeah just leave us our water planet some space and uh, yeah yeah some some ecosystem to exist some habitat yeah yeah just like being able to sit in the forest and the trees and anywhere natural nature Mm -hmm. and there's like some argument is like oh how is anything we're as humans doing not natural like it's that's Mm -hmm. a good it's a good argument you know we are nature yeah and we're doing what we're doing in this moment in time how is that not nature. Yeah, it's interesting. Doing what nature does. And in a sense, of course, it is. And then in a sense, we also as humans were unusual. Because, <laughs> yeah, we have this capacity yeah. to we not... We are, aren't we? Yeah, like every other creature really does their duty in the ecology. Uh, you know, there's almost not a, a, a possible... There's not so much a possibility of like, well, should I you know, live the life of a whale uh, and be part of the, be an important part of the ocean's ecosystem and the ocean's, mm. uh, how would you say, like life systems, like a presence in the ocean, not just moving, uh, you know, protein around and stuff by pooping and things, but also a presence in the ocean. Whales, I'd never, I don't know whales very well, unfortunately, mm. but they, I don't think there's whales I don't know any that are like, either. yeah, I don't think there's whales that are like, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this, you know? <laughs> I'd rather be a musician. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, they are all musicians, but I, I would rather, you know, take over this whole area and, you know, use it for something else or whatever, whatever. We, we, we have this choice as humans to not, to not be in accord right. with the rest of it. And you might grand- say, well, meteorites are not in accord with the rest of it as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm quite worth that out, that one out. Like the meteorite strikes the earth, destroys 95% of life, dinosaurs, everything like that. Uh-huh. You know, we might say, well, that's you know, extremely deststructive. And that was nature, right? Yeah. Meaning anything but a human. Is the it's way, very the not nice. use the word. Yeah. yeah. It's very not that. nice. Yeah. Very not nice to do that. Yeah. Although it would be hard to live on the planet with huge dinosaurs, you know, so that's, you know, things... has its own challenges. Has its own challenges. It's not so bad anymore, I guess. Yeah. Even the Ice Ages took out some of the huge fauna, like the saber-toothed tigers and other ones that would be a little hard to cohabit turtle island with huh. as well you know interesting i don't know jury's still out on that one right are we natural in all this crazy stuff we do and this is where it's curious about the relationship of the human and our mind mm. yeah free will the mind might not be very natural and yet where did it come from you know it's a good question so well i guess we'll leave you dear listener with that what is the mind 
are humans natural? You can use your mind to ponder that. Yeah, you can see what you come up with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Story Path Podcast with my good friend Blair Francis here. And uh, if you want to know more about Blair, I'll put some uh, links in the bio there, so you can. He does uh, music teaching, actually. He's a very good one, very intuitive music teacher. So I would highly recommend him. Thanks. Okay, have a good one. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donoghue, may you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.